What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of the Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 178th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Summers and I am the host of this lovely show. And joining with me as always is my good buddy and friend Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how is you doing? Okay, so let me tell you how I'm doing. So I, uh, I got a treadmill for Christmas. I've talked about it. I've posted about it. So I did my first workout yesterday on Monday, and like I said, I, I posted it on my at Floyd Johnson Jr. Twitter that CM Punk beat up post. Yes, you don't know how out of shape you are until you try to do something actual physical. <laughs> like, and after I got on, and I'm not gonna even tell the numbers because I'm embarrassed by them, but I did my 30 minutes on the treadmill at a incredibly not fast speed because I felt like I was exhausted. And all I could think is like, good Lord, it really did get this bad. So I, I worked out, but I did work out. I did use my treadmill, uh, got a good sweat in. Some people say they feel good after a workout. I just felt tired, but I imagine this is, you know, getting on the, getting on the horse. And then last night I decided to start Weight Watchers, and I started that today, and I'm going to count points and all that stuff. It's the only diet I've ever had any success on is Weight Watchers, you know, counting points and shit. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do that. And yeah, uh, so how am I doing? I am tired. I am hungry. <laughs> and, uh, you know... Uh, I ate, I ate too many cupcakes and through my life. So, um, that's where I'm at. I'm looking forward to this journey and I, I will talk about it on the show as I move forward. I'm not going to give like a lot of updates because I have this dream or goal or whatever where I don't like, I work out and stuff and I have my few workout groups that I'll talk to, but I'm not going to post it on the big social media. So when I show up to like revolution or double or nothing, People look at me like, what the fuck happened to you? Because that has happened to me in my life, and it's such a good feeling. 
<laughs> such an awesome feeling. Like, because if you, you know, when you're watching online and you see you're gradually losing, you know, you get used to it. But when you like, you're like 300 pounds and you show up somewhere 250, dude, it's like, oh, my there you God. go. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not going to like post a lot about it, but. I, I am going to be working out. I'm going to be on Weight Watchers watching what I eat, cause yeah, uh, my big my big motivation was our friend Corey. His dad uh, had his had a heart attack, right? And then he got gotten vegan, got in great shape. Dude's in like excellent shape. Like he shaved ten years off of his life, right? And I was like, man, you know that's really awesome. But I had to stop process. Why do you have to wait until you have your first heart attack to get your life together? So, mm-hmm. I'm trying to avoid my first heart attack. So, I'm getting my life together now. So, that should be fun. Like I said, you will hear my journey. Uh, I, I will not overly talk about it. This is probably the longest I'm going to ever talk about it as I get you prepared for it in the history. But, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I, I mean, I'm not ready but I am ready. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. I feel like if I don't start now, I'm literally never going to start. Yeah. And, and man, dude, I'm, I'm excited for you. Uh, I'm, I'm proud of you. And I am excited to hear how things uh, continue on your journey. And as somebody who runs, uh, and likes running, um, and I started doing it about, I want to say like a year and a half, two years ago. And, um, it's, it, it is a bitch when you start, it is a bitch, but then it's like, it's so crazy how much like every single run you do, like stuff automatically, like you're like, okay, where you kind of the whole climb, uh, to, as you improve, uh, your ability to run and your, your, the way you control your breathing and all that kind of stuff. So I'm excited to see how your journey goes for sure. And I'll, I'll definitely keep posted with, um, how that goes for you. But yeah, um, we have got a lot to talk about a busy week last week to start off the new era of AEW in 2023, uh, with the new look of AEW dynamite, as well as we had battle of the belts four that took five, actually my apologies, battle of the belts five that took place, uh, a few nights ago. Um, we're going to get into all of that, but before we get into everything, I want you guys to make sure you are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can leave a rating and a review, and you can also support us by following us on social media. We are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter, at Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible, so please check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And the big news of the week that we were going to talk about was about the uh, AEW presence that was taking place at Wrestle Kingdom, which was a unreal fun show. And Wrestle Kingdoms always come through with their level of just like grandeur and how huge they feel and the stuff that we saw. Um, not a good night for your boys in FTR. I apologize for that. Uh, the crowd could cheer, which was. Big. This was they have been doing clap crowds for about two years in Japan, and at Wrestle Kingdom the crowds were allowed to cheer, so people got to come out and hear the crowd for the first time in a while. Like really hear the crowd, like whooping and hooting and hollering and then woo and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I was very happy for them, and FTR came out 
And my friend, our friend from Social Suplex, James, was in the building. And, you know, and uh, Issa, good friend Issa, who's been yes. on the show, is in the building. And, you know, and the crowd was wild for FTR. And they really liked FTR. So, man, for me, like, to me, it's like, I, of course, I, you know, I want my team to win every time. You know what I mean? But I don't want them to win every time. Because if FTR won every time, it wouldn't make a good story. It make it would be kind of boring. So now, right, FTR is on something they haven't been on in a very long time, and that's called a losing streak. It is like like I saw. You know, they lost to the acclaimed. You know, then they lost the, the for the AEW titles, right? Then they mm-hmm. lost the. Uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the exact order. They lost the uh, ROH titles to the Briscoes at the next show. Then they lost to the Guns. Then they lost the AAA titles. Then they lost the New Japan titles. So I was like looking, and they haven't lost five matches in a row since they were in the WWE doing house shows. This they just don't lose five matches. They don't really, yeah. They don't lose five matches in a row. So, uh, yeah. So now, as all of our fans or all, all the other FTR fans are looking forward to, we're looking forward to them on the comeback, on the come up. We're looking forward to them, uh, you know, doing this again and coming back. And it's gonna be fun when that happens. And I don't know where the story is going to go, if they're going to be champions or not. But I do know, I do know, you know, that they're not going to keep losing. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah. And, uh, of course, the match that everyone was talking about was Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay, already a six-star classic in the eyes of Dave Meltzer. And it was an unreal match. Just absolute stellar fucking work. He went 6.25 on a five scale. And I honestly thought, he went too low. <laughs> that is how impressed by this match I was. It was just, it was like the great thing about like my one of my favorite matches of all time is WrestleMania 12, Sean versus Brett in the Iron Man match. And I think if you take two wrestlers that are coming into wrestling school and you work with them and train them, and they go over each spot. I think they could replicate that match to uh, to a certain point where you know they would look good replicating that match. Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay, you can't replicate that. It's impossible. They're they're two of six people in the world that can maybe do that match. The amount of athleticism, endurance. You know the physicalness that uh, the physicality that went into it. Not many people can replicate what they did, and honestly, I would recommend they didn't even try. Right, because these dude dudes are so gifted of athletes that they are on another level. Uh, like, like this isn't paint by numbers. This is the most beautiful painting you've ever seen. And when I watched this match in our jaw dropped because you know what? I was like, and I was like, man, this might've been one of the best matches I ever seen in my life. 
And then I get a report later that they held something back for later. And I'm like, what the fuck did they hold? How back? can you, again, I was like, how can you hold anything back from that match? Yeah, like, what, what come on. You, like, that, that, that was just like, that was the most mind-blowing thing to me. The match was mind-blowing, but the most mind-blowing thing is they think they can do better. And that is why they are on another level. And it's just like, there's this elite tier that is like Will Ospreay, Kenny Omega, Kazuchika Okada, and Pac that live on. I'm just talking about the performance level of wrestling in the ring. I'm not talking about promos, entrances, anything. But in between those ropes, those men are untouchable. They are godlike. And yeah, I, you know, just. I tip my hat to how amazing that match was. Yeah, and no. Kenny Omega won. Kenny Omega won. He did. So he 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 repped. He repped for the AE dub. So yeah. Yeah. And also shout out Mercedes Monet. Huge. Huge. Just fucking huge moment. Super excited about that. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. Uh her coming in. Uh the move. Yeah, she did a move. And... I get it. Yeah, no, I know. And no, people no, are going. No, no. It was it was complicated move. It wasn't. It like, is no. It wasn't like oh, I'm going to come come do a snapmare. She was trying to turn a Gordy bomb into like you know you know DDT a, yeah into a DDT. That's difficult. That was a high level of difficulty, and I'm pretty sure you know I don't know if she practiced it or whatever. It didn't come off right, and I but I don't think it took away from the moment because uh. I don't think it took away from the moment because, you know, her showing up anywhere else is the moment, you know. Absolutely. And that was that was it. And it was crazy. They uh, she uh, challenged her to a match at San in San Jose, Kyrie, and it sold out. So. Needle mover. Mission accomplished. That was the goal. And that mission was accomplished. Absolutely. But we'll move over now from uh, Wrestle Kingdom to AEW Dynamite, the first Dynamite of 2023 with a brand new look and a brand new set and all of that kind of stuff. I'll Before we even get into the card itself, I want to say, what are your thoughts on the new look of AEW Dynamite? It looks brighter. It looks the more WWE-ish, which is good because you're you know trying to look the best you can. Mm-hmm. So I see nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know, I knew it was going to have to change eventually, but yeah, it, it, you know, kind of hurts my soul. Everyone was so used to the little like railing in the middle and then the, the gear, like the actual like old school WCW tunnels and stuff like that. The heel tunnel and the face tunnel. Yeah. And I, and which I, like I mean, it. they still, they still are technically following with heels and faces coming out on opposite sides. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that and, uh, I was looking for that and like I say. You, you're going to have to evolve or you're going to die. You know what I mean? That's just how business works. That's how life works. you either pushing forward or you're falling behind. It was time for AEW to ch- change. But, you know, it was funny because I considered that first era part of the, you know, because they had that, sh- that middle chandelier and it was basically there for Cody's entrance. You know what I mean? So it's like the Cody era is kind of officially over. All signs of Cody have been gone and, you know. It makes me say it. It makes me say it. 
Yeah, it's a bit of a bummer. So, yeah, yeah. but but regardless, he'll be tearing it up when he enters the rumble. Uh, I thought I do like the stage as well. Um, I'd like the 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 like the prepackaged stuff they put in the intro. I think it looks really cool. Though at the same time, part of me misses like the explosion of color in the intro that they would always show. Mostly just because it makes me remember uh, Hangman's uh, AEW Dynamite from home uh, intro from Being the Elite where they had explosions of color around him like making coffee and doing shit in the house. I don't know why. I just always remember that and it makes me smile. BTE is always good, right? But I thought during the pandemic it was like what we needed every Monday. It really was. It was like we needed it. It Yeah, Being the Elite... Being the elite's always great when they don't show Foxy and Punk chance. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> that is a thing that happened. Uh, 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 I'm petty. I'm sorry. I'll move on. All right. Uh, we opened up the show of the first Dynamite of the New Year with absolute Ricky Starks versus the Ocho Chris Jericho, who uh, has not been on a great uh, run as of late because Jericho is still definitely dealing with the aftermath of action and dready, but he got his revenge after he burned him in the face. Um, Ricky Starks, um, stellar showing for Ricky Starks. I will say, especially I would say the moment of hit, like they had some really great selling, uh, points and, and, uh, storytelling moments in this that the crowd really, really b- uh, bought into. Um, especially the part that I loved was when, um, Jericho uh, was able to, uh, like, the Rochambeau was about to be hit by Ricky Starks, but he flips it immediately into the walls and turns him over. And while the ref's back is turned because of Angela Parker, Matt Menard takes Floyd the bat and smacks uh, Ricky in the face with it. Ricky's out. Aubrey, who was getting huge chance as well, I will say, with it being the Seattle crowd, um... Aubrey goes to lift the arms and stuff like that. The best part was on that third raise of the arm, Ricky's hand hits, but then pops immediately backs up, back up. And the pop was really, really good. And he fights his way back in, and he manages to get back in there with a spear and wins the match after that, after he's able to knock down the, uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society members. And he gets the win with the spear until the JAS sprint from the back and they start beating up on Ricky. Action Andretti then runs down. His eye still burnt from the fireball, and he gets a steel chair and cleans house up until Anna JAS and Ty Conti come up, and or Ty Mello, sorry. And uh, Anna pulls the chair away, and then Action Andretti gets hit by Tay in a with a low blow, and then that's when the JAS continue to jump on him. But then Jake Hager viciously power bombs Ricky through a table off of the apron and onto the floor, and. Excalibur is being like, look, they can push this all they want. Jericho's lost two in a row, which people were like, that's a big deal. Um, but Jericho's still making sure the JAS gets the last laugh. This was a hell of an Oprah, I would say. They did a really good job with this match. And Jericho, like that selling, like sports entertainer style, like of really pushing those moments of like smaller moments in the match to get the crowd engaged, he does that really well. And Ricky does it well as, as like, too. He worked off of that great. And this was a match that, like, the crowd was eating every little bit of it because they were, like, popping at the right moment. It was a hot crowd and a match that they were really playing off of that as well. Um, And, yeah, I thought this was a hell of an opener. Ricky Starks is a great, great, great heel. 
but he might be a next level face. Legit. Like he might be the face that you can build your company around because he just knows how to garner sympathy on a level that I don't think most wrestlers do. You like most times you just would, you know, a lot of people just get sick of the baby face, you know, trying to, you know, trying to make you feel or whatever. And it's just like, man, it is well, the way he does it. It's like, like, especially like when he was going out and his hand hit the girl, like that little touch of letting his hand hit the mat. He was out, but he came back. You know, he, he made everyone think that the match was over. And then he came back and it was such a classic moment. And just that match was just two professional wrestlers. I mean, Jericho, like, I mean, all the people that, you know, have their have their false narratives that AEW is just there to put Jericho over. I'm like, this dude puts people over all the time, but mm-hmm. he waits for the right moments to put people over. He's just not going to lose every match. He waits for the right moment to make the people that he has look good. Say, um, in this case, um, Ricky needed a win after that loss to MJF. He needed a big win to establish that he's going to be in the main event picture. There is no bigger win than pinning Chris Jericho in the middle of the ring. He did it, but you know, of course you got to keep the JAS tough. Like you can't just, you know, so the JS had to get better of him in the end. Very excellent segment. Just really enjoyed it. Yeah. And we then moved over to an in-ring interview with Tony Schiavone and Hangman on page. Hangman basically said how he's not medically cleared as of today, and he's been told that if he came out tonight or Friday and got into a fight with John, it would set things back, and he doesn't want that, but what he wants is the same thing that John wants, which is to be at the forum next week and beat him, and he said, look, I have a brain scan scan scheduled, and if it comes back good, I'll be good for the forum, and he said he's going to knock his dick in the dirt, and hell of a line. Moxley comes out. And then, oh boy, uh, technical issues. We at home could hear Moxley completely fine. The crowd could not. We can't hear you, Chance, we're going, as the mic was like coming through for television, but not the arena. It started going through a little bit, and then it stopped. Multiple F-bombs from Moxley, who was getting very annoyed. Um, and then there was a little Go Seahawks uh, thing he mentioned when uh, – uh, they finally got it working. And as a Lions fan who didn't make the playoffs because of the Seahawks, no. No. Also, you're welcome because we killed Aaron Rodgers for you. Uh, <laughs> basically, then Moxley is finally able to get going into his promo and his response to Hangman being like, I'm tired of these uh, flowers, sympathy cards, an ongoing candlelight vigil for Hangman. He's like, I've been knocked out of this business more than anybody else. He said, you playing the victim because you got knocked out. This is cowboy it, it, shit. It makes me absolutely sick. And Paige is like, you think I'm mad because you knocked me out? I've been knocked out before, and it's the unfortunate part of what we do. But what I'm angry is how you called me out here. You didn't let me get a word out before you made a joke. You nearly took my career, and you cracked a joke. And it's in that moment that you felt threatened. And he said, the first thing Moxley would do if he got knocked out is come back for revenge. And he's had a month to stew on it. And when you said that to me, Two months, I stewed on it, and you knocked me out with a lariat. And I've had two in the chamber with your name on them, and you get them at the forum. And Moxley said, 
your punk ass doesn't belong in the ring with me. And next time I'm going to make sure you don't get back up. Um, segment was good minus the uh, technical issues, which was a bit of a bummer and obviously threw off Moxley a bit because it was really annoying him. And you could tell, um, but I liked the use of the lariat to, uh, uh, tie back into the forum match. And I'm excited for how it goes, how we're going to get basically this match, but hopefully no freak injuries. We don't need that. We don't need that. Um, and I'm excited to see like, kind of like this match in, in a proper form. Cause like I said, they were on fire before that freak injury. So, um, definitely a shame with the technical issues, but segment was still pretty solid. Okay, that was my headset. Really great segment. Uh, two tough guys talking tough, building a match. It's like, it got me super excited for this match. <clears throat> I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know who's going to win, but I'm rooting for Hangman, which I haven't rooted for Hangman in a very long time, but mm-hmm. I am rooting for him to hit that flip lariat at some point. You know, that would be awesome. All right. Uh AEW World Tag Team Championship match between the Acclaimed and J- and uh, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Um, shout out to uh, Max Caster continuing to just drive the wedge uh, with Jeff Jarrett's wife, not letting it go. Um, and this was a good match, I thought. These guys, the way they ejected Billy Gunn, I thought was amazing. It was an outstanding way to get him out of there. Um, and um, the way that they... This was also cool, too, because I, I liked how... This match uh, with the kind of wonky finish that they had, they had uh, the hometown girl, uh, Aubrey Edwards, come in and save it, and everyone was going fucking banana when that happened. Uh, Basically what happened was uh, Satnam Singh comes in, throws Max into the steps, they eject him, and then they get multiple refs out to get rid of Satnam Singh and Sanjay Dutt. However, then uh, Lethal was able to... uh, get uh a pin after hitting a ripcord elbow and uh he pins anthony bowens his foot is on the rope ref doesn't see it as uh sanjay pushes it off of the rope aubrey then alerts it and they restart the match and then that's when bowens was able to get uh, a nice reversal and the claim were able to retain their aw tag team championships uh, this was fine. I thought this was a good match. I didn't think it was anything outstanding, but I thought it was good. The claim got the win. They're hot, still hot as ever. And I liked how they used Aubrey. I thought that was a lot of fun. Yes, I completely agree. Uh, the Aubrey thing, the, how they set it up was beautifully done. So without the Sotnam Singh situation, there's no reason for the second ref to be at the ring, right? Yeah. So Sotnam's doing it and then all the refs come out there and it sets up this moment beautifully and it's just like it's one of the subtle ways it's like i'll tell anybody stuff like this is why i like wrestling like why i love wrestling why i think it's one of the perfect art forms you had to think ahead this led to this that led to this that led to this false finish this dusty finish where you literally thought jeff jared and Jay Lethal were your new AEW Tag Team Champions, a day I would have, you know, I hated for the rest of my existence as a person that just likes real tag teams. But, yeah, you had this legit moment where you thought you had a title win, and then the star of the moment gets to be Seattle's very own Aubrey Edwards. Come on. 
I'm like, they found a way to give a ref a spot in her hometown. Like I don't, like I said, I don't. I try not to bring the E up very much, but literally, the thing is, you get beat up in your hometown. They got the ref over in the hometown. They gave her the shine point in her hometown during their tag team match. How awesome is that? Who thinks to do that? Yeah, no, it, it was such a cool thing, and it made me smile definitely. Um, there was a sit down interview afterwards with uh, Jamie Hader and Dr. Britt Baker. Uh, and Hater was talking about how Soraya, uh, Soraya doesn't get it because we're homegrown talent. And Britt Baker would talk a lot of this too, how we worked our way to the top of this division. Hater is the champion. I'm the boss. She's the killer. I'm the pillar. Soraya doesn't realize uh, that last week she had two of the best female wrestlers in the world next to her. She had Sheeta and Storm next to her. How has she not picked her partner for our match yet? Like, I don't understand how she couldn't have an idea of who she is going to be on her side. Um, and uh, then we had a little bit of a thing backstage where we got an announcement about how next week on Dynamite, uh, Jack Perry challenged Lee Moriarty and Big Bill to a match. And then his backup was the FTW champion Hook. So we get Jungle Hook uh, as a... Or, as a uh, as a team, which I'm very excited for, because I, like I said, I want more hook on my television screen. Um, and then, do you want to move just right now to uh, Brian Danielson, another hometown boy for Seattle, yes. facing off against Tony Nice? Which this was a good option. This was a good match. I thought this was a good match. Did what it needed to do because it then led to uh, the segment that happened afterwards. Um, and uh, Tony Nice uh, came out and uh, basically. Uh, cracked him immediately and uh, nearly like he was like he hit a running knee on him basically just tried to like quickly steal a steal a steal a win but didn't happen. Tony Nice was able to get the win with the I mean uh, Danielson was able to get the win on Nice with the LaBelle lock sorry. And then Danielson said he's ready for another fight and called out MJF and MJF proceeds to be like. Uh, I'm not going to come in that ring and wrestle because I don't get my rocks off for putting my body on the line to entertain these schmucks. You're a mark. I get a big fat check in the mail whether I wrestle or not. I'm a special attraction. Just because you look like a goat doesn't mean you're the greatest of all time. And you, if you think you're the best wrestler in the world, it's impossible because my belt proves it. Who died and made you the king of wrestling? Journalists who have never been in this ring and have – or these marks that don't have an athletic bone in their parasitic bodies. And then he goes about how he's touted as being one of the best wrestlers in the world. And people who have actually been in this business have said this. Top guys like Disco Inferno, Eric Bischoff, and the smartest man of them all, and my number one fan, Jim Cornette. It's that simple. You want to be a heel, just say Jim Cornette does any, does anything good. It's just dude, that simple. Dude, It's it, it was... So like, uh, it it was so like in your face and on purpose. Like I want to be booed, but it still worked. You oh, know, yeah. like it was like pandering for booze, but it still worked. You know, it's mm -hmm. like it, they he had that crowd in a frenzy because he had mentioned the name. He dared mention the name of Jim Cornette in their in their presence. So yeah, do you don't say that name in AEW country. You don't say that. No, name. dude, dude, saying Jim Cornette's <clears throat> name or that 
Like, man, you could be like, I like Jim Cornette's shirt. That'll turn your heel. Like, yep. you can't say anything positive about that man. <clears throat> You'd be like, man, Jim Cornette told me about this diner in uh, Kentucky, and it was delicious. What the Duke? Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Jim Cornette has never done anything right. Jim Cornette is the devil in this uh, in this fan base. So, uh, yeah, don't say anything good about Cornette. MJF flipped it, and he's like, don't don't be shocked if that's not the last time you hear that uh, name. Oh, yeah, for sure. Also, there was a moment in the promo, too, where uh, MJF made a joke about how uh, his uh, mommy, mommy Brian, uh, uh, like on how 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 he uh, basically implying his mom is a slut, and then uh, MJF was like, "I think your mom has in, uh, encountered many uh, suitor, suitors, and they could probably fill this entire arena." Raise your hand if you're a suitor for Max's mom, and everyone's raising their hand. And I was just like, "Danielson's out here doing your mom jokes," and it's like so stupid, but I love it. Um, and Danielson tries to get him to fight, and MJF's like, "No." This is you want to shout at the king and the number one prize. You have to be number one contender. This is where wins and losses matter. So listen, you have to win every match from now until February eighth. You'll become the number one contender, and if you win that, I'll give you a match at Revolution. And Danielson's like, no, I'm just gonna come out here, wrestle when I want, and become the number one contender that way. And he's like, no, I run this company, not Tony Khan, not the EVPs. It's my way or no way. And he's like, look, I'll agree to your cute little stipulation if you let me make the stipulation for our match at Revolution. And he's like, pick whatever you want, moron. And he said, you won't be able to do anything to get yourself DQ'd. This is the real test to see if you're a professional wrestler. It's a one-hour Iron Man match. And he said, you're on. I'm not worried because you're not even going to make it past week one because you're a choke artist. And he said, Danielson's response was, from once I get to being through every single opponent you put in front of me and run through them, I'm going to expose you. I'm going to expose that you don't have the cardio, the footwork. You don't put in the work to come out here every single week and wrestle. And after I expose you, I'm going to put you in the coffin and kick your head in. This segment was awesome. Absolutely, absolutely awesome. And I... I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Brian Danielson, I I will say one thing he's best at is cutting a promo without it seeming like he's cutting a promo. Yes. It just seemed like he was talking to MJF, like Mm -hmm. using plain language. I'm going to beat you up. You know, like everybody can understand this is not, he didn't say in that squared circle or use any wrestling jargon. He just talked to him like he's a normal person and is like, I'm going to beat you up. But not because this or that, it's because I am a better wrestler than you. I am Mm -hmm. an elite wrestler. You're not on my level. It was like, he even even kind of admonished himself for getting caught up in the mom jokes. He's like, no, that's, you know, I'm better than that kind of thing. And it's just like, it's such a plain way of speaking. And it's like, I'm not threatening you. This everything I'm saying is a fact. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't believe it. I know it. You can't hang with me. And it's a beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a beautiful way to catch a promo because, like you know, John Moxley, love him. He always sounds like he's cutting a promo. Like he could just be ordering at wa- a Waffle House and he's gonna sound like he's cutting a promo. And he's great at it. He's amazing at it. MJF, of course, promo artist. 
But Brian Danielson is the promo list promo. You know what I mean? It just mm-hmm. doesn't sound like he's like, I'm going to come grab you and break your neck. It's like, I'm just going to beat you up. And it's almost like it's surgical, like it's nothing to him. He's almost like a, a, a serial killer talking about oh, yeah. it. It's all, he's almost like that when he's talking about beating people up. Yeah, no question about it. And he's so good at it, too. He's so, so good at it. Um, real quickly, we had a match between Swerve Strickland and A.R. Fox. Really solid match. Um, love that we get to see Swerve doing his heel stuff. Um, basically, at, afterwards, uh, they had uh, Parker Boudreaux give a foreign object while the ref was distracted to Swerve. He used it, knocked out Fox with a vicious Death Valley driver on the apron. Huge, like, move right there. Um, he rolls him back in the ring and hits the double stomp and then pins him. Um, again, I love Swerve as a heel. I'm not sure about Mogul Industries. I'm not sure. I still, there's got to be a lot of prove it for me for those guys to make me believe that this whole thing is worth it. But I Swerve's got my whole support. Let me tell you, these dudes could not know how to wrestle worth a crap, right? But they look intimidating. They look sure. like two rappers' bodyguards, right? They look like mm-hmm. a rapper's bodyguard. And that's their job. It's like Parker Boudreaux is this big son of a biscuit. And then this dude's got, t- other dude's got tattoos over his face. Doesn't even have a name. He's just going to murder you. And it's just like, I, like I said, I buy it. I buy it. I buy the gimmick. You know what I mean? Swerve is the star. These two are the muscle. You know, they're not there to win tag team titles. They're not where to... No, they're there to, if you can't mess with Swerve or Swerve says attack you, to attack you. And, you know, ain't nothing... You know, what makes a great heel is having great goons. So, he is gooned up right now. And I think, you know, it can end up taking them to the next level. Yeah, I mean, it, it could be really, really good stuff for sure. Um, but if they <clears> ever <throat> have to actually wrestle... That might be. Then that could be. (laughs) That might be where we run into. That's where things hit a wall. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's like so. Um, As long as they're just jumping people and all that kind of stuff. I mean, Parker's actually decent. He's fine. I've seen him on the dark, and I've seen him in matches. He's fine. The other guy is the the you know the unknown quantity in this situation. So unknown commodity. So we will see where it goes from here. We then had Soraya backstage with Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida, and Soraya was talking about how since she came to AEW, she learned that we, AEW has the best female roster in the world, and she's sitting next to the best wrestler in the world. So that means, pause for effect, Tony, you're going to be my partner against uh, Jamie and Britt, and Shida is not happy, and I wasn't either. How the fuck are you picking Tony Storm over Hikaru Shida? I'm genuinely asking. Like... I get it. I mean, I former mean, world champion. Tony Storm beat Hikaru Shida the last time they wrestled, right? That may be the case. Right. Uh, so that I means she kind of proved that she's the better wrestler, right? With one win? Does yeah. that automatically prove that you're better? With she's, one better win? Than, she's better than Shida. She was better on that night? Yeah. That, that's all I she has. Know. One and oh. That's all you got. I refuse to believe that Sheeta is not like Sheeta's best. I Sheeta's best. feel like we might be about to get healed, Sheeta, and I'm excited. 
I'm excited for Heel Sheeta, but I love her. That's the thing. I love her. And I and think you, a lot you know of what? And you too. can keep cheering for her. She's just going to do like, it's a, like Athena, right? I, I will use her as an example. Ember Moon, I never got. Ever. Mm-hmm. Never got her. I, 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 people were like, ah, oh. I was like, she had a really good move. And it's one of the best moves in wrestling. Don't get me wrong. I loved it. I love that move, right? The mm-hmm. old face, the eclipse, whatever you're calling it, right? Yeah, the eclipse. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But when she just got pissed off and started beating people up, oh my God, am I Athena fan now? I am all about <laughs> Athena. I'm like, dude, she just punches people in the face. I, that's my kind of wrestling. <laughs> like, yeah. She right. like, she taps you out and then kicks you in the face after the match. Why? Because you took too long to tap out. I love it. I know. Uh, and that's what I'm like. I feel like there is a edge and aggression that another level that Sheeta can bring to her presentation that I think, like, while we love her, because I, I think she's an amazing wrestler, we could love her more. We could. We yeah. very much could. I, I Again, I, I would I would be down for Sheeta going, like, scorched earth. Yes. Um, then... <laughs> We had the guns having a eulogy for FTR, and it was you had like FTRIP on the screen, which was a funny. I love that honestly. And Austin goes how they're going to pay respects to FTR's legacy, and Colton's like, "I'm going to try to get through this. Uh, be patient with me." Uh, they had a hell of a year. They worked a bunch of promotions. They called themselves Seven Star FTR, but there were ten stars in our hearts, and how they were champions in all those companies. Not AEW, uh, and then Austin Gunn would had them stand up and give a silence and a moment of silence for FTR. Crowd was not even doing it. FTR's music hit, and everyone was like, "Are they here?" They were just in Japan, and nope, they were not. And the Guns laughed at the crowd, making them believe, like, "Oh, you should have seen the look on your faces." FTR will never work in AEW again. We are the new le- living legends. Top Guns out. And you can't say that because that's a that is a movie, and you're gonna get sued. You are gonna get sued for saying that. Um, this was funny. I like this. I thought this was one of the better segments the Guns have had, and they really owned it. And I thought they did a really good job. I wasn't a huge fan of the ah uh, fake out with FTR uh, ours music. We've seen it done a lot, and honestly, it could have been done better. I felt like, but everything else I thought was stellar. Like their whole like get up in there them being so somber and holding back tears I thought was really funny. Up oh, you there? Yeah, uh, I had you on mute. I thought it was excellent. You know, you might not think I do, but yeah, I thought it was like hilarious. I, I was all about this segment. Just like, I th- uh, you know, it's one of those things when you have somebody and they've been you've been developing them for a while. At some point, you just got to shit and get off shit or get off the pot. And it's like the guns, you know, you can make them. You know, you can make them as far especially being in a feud with FTR. That first match, they definitely left you know a lot on the table. I even said it. It was just like it was a match, nothing to write home about. You know, it wasn't. No, oh, yeah. I wouldn't even say it was bad. I wouldn't say it was good. It was there. So right. When you come in down to it, it's like 
So you need to build to a better match. And and, and this is obviously building to a better match because any time, like almost 99% of the time, they say someone's not going to work there again. Right. They're definitely going to work there again. So uh, I'm looking forward to this. I mean, I think Austin has an amazing charisma. And I think Colton just looks like a million bucks. So those two things combined, you know, they they are a formidable tag team. Uh, so I'm looking forward to what they uh, what they're going to bring, and if you know FTR can bring them up to the next level, because that's what mm. I mean. That's what FTR's job is. Even if they win the feud, their job is to elevate the guns in this situation. Yeah, no question about it. No question about it. But uh, we then moved on to uh, the TBS champion Jade Cargill and Red Velvet facing off against Kira Hogan and Sky Blue. I mean, this was kind of there. This was trying to push more of the the baddies kind of falling apart. Uh, Jade was uh, not happy after uh, at Red Velvet during the match. Uh, she came in and was beating up at Kiri Hogan, and then Jade uh, yelled at Red Velvet and tagged her in, basically tapping her on the head. Kiri Hogan then was trying to go after Red Velvet. Cargill tagged back in, kicked out, kicked a lot of people. And then basically at one point she tried to tag Red Velvet uh, and she turned away, but Jade still won the match. I don't know, man. This didn't work for me. I thought it was very odd because, again, like, you know, there was disrespect for sure um, from both sides and everything like that. But, like, Jade, like, oh, Red Velvet turned her back on you and stuff like that, but you still won the match handily. I'm like, okay, I guess, you know, the baddie's falling apart. I think... There is a better way that they could have done this, but uh, of course they don't want Jade to lose yet. Um, but I don't know. I w- I didn't like this too much, honestly. Well, Jade, yeah, it was very confusing because I mean, when you're thinking about how wrestling generally works, right? Right. How she gets under Jade's skin is to make her lose. But when you have a wrestler that can't lose. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's weird. It, it and it, and in this situation, it it felt weird. It felt like yep. it's like, okay, sh- she should lose. You know, yeah. I mean, that's the way. It's like she should lose, and she can't lose. So it's like, what do you do here? What do, what do you do with this? Because you know, yeah, like what can you do? Yeah, yeah exactly. You, you got a person that can't lose, so it's like. It is what it is. I, I mean, it's it's the story. It's the streak. It's the streak storyline. That's what what it's gonna be, you know. And it's and I mean that's how it's gonna roll forever. I mean, as far as until she loses a match, so it's kind of like I want to be mad. I can't really be mad. You know what I mean? Because it's like, what do you do with this? I, I I mean, I feel like they're in a rock and a hard place, kind of. Right. Yeah. There's not much you can do, at least right now. There's really not much. Uh, but we finished off the show with the TNT championship match between Samoa Joe and Darby Allen. Uh, uh, Nick Wayne was ringside and Joe proceeded to grab him and try to just fucking guzzle him and just rip him apart. Darby then proceeds to just throw himself through the bottom rope and into Joe. Then he starts beating him up with the skateboard cause the match didn't start. Darby brings out a ladder, jumps off of it and fucking swantons and like literally fucking lands on him. His leg, though, proceeds to kind of buckle when he lands, so he's dealing with a bum leg. Um, eventually, though, Joe proceeds to just spike 
Darby Allen on the steps and he's holding him the entire time, choking him out, ripping him apart. But eventually, though, uh, Darby's able to just keep fighting and fighting and fighting. And he proceeds to, while he pushes, Dar- uh, gets pushed into the corner, he uh, rips off the uh, turnbuckle pad. Uh, on Joe rips off the turnbuckle pad while this happens. And uh, while it happens, he goes for a stunner. Joe chokes him out again. Darby then throws Joe into the turnbuckle, hits a beautiful code red. That was so well done. And then two coffin drops, pins him. Darby Allen retains the TNT championship, regains it for the second time in his hometown. And huge, huge moment. Sting comes out and celebrates with him. Um, and I'm happy for it, honestly. I think Joe having the two belts for a little bit was kind of cool. But I think Darby having the TNT championship, um, I think it does mean something when Darby has it. He's been one of their best champions, in my personal opinion. Uh, and I'm all for Darby getting another belt. He's still one of my favorite guys on the roster. And it was a great moment to close out uh, this first episode of Dynamite of the New Year. Absolutely. Uh, y'all know Darby's my favorite singles wrestler. So I was sitting over there like, oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And he did it. He pulled it out. He hit that second coffin drop. And I was just like, after the match, you know, I was like kind of trepidatious of what he was winning. And then I forgot that this is AEW. Of course he was winning the title. Seattle on the on the first on the last match of their new generation on their uh establishing their uh new era of course the champion of the channel would need to be a person representing this new era and who represents it more than Darby Allen absolutely and in the moment with Sting coming out to hug him it was it was just a great moment it was just a feel-good moment in Seattle after the show, he's like telling everybody to live their dreams. People are going to tell you you can't do it. You know, do it anyway. And it was such a, like, it was so sugary sweet. Like, dude, like, I got a toothache. That's how sugary sweet this was. It was amazing. It was great. Um, but that was AEW Dynamite. We'll quickly go through Rampage and Battle of the Belts. Um, the Rampage matches, um, I thought were like you had the great tag team match, I think, between Danielson and Moxley versus Dante and Darius with top flight. They did really, really good work in that match, I will say. That was my favorite part of uh, Rampage. Um, and the rest were okay, I thought. Okay. I like, uh, I like the fact that the House of Black is doing stuff with Eddie Kingston of all people. I love that. Like, House of Black trying to get Eddie Kingston, um, like is like it's like one of those things it's like a character you would not expect in a storyline like this in a storyline like this and i love that honestly like i want i want eddie first of all more on dynamite more and then uh i want to get a little bit of a bigger spotlight on the storyline because i think eddie can do some amazing promos in regards to this and i think they could really pick at the the mental of eddie kingston's like fragile mind state i feel like i like um but everything else um, that we got the comp- you know Eddie doesn't trust people and exactly. that's what they're playing on is that I know they're they're making him his best friend you know you know uh, what do you, what does he call him uh, forget what he calls him Ortiz no oh. he just never calls monkey. him monkey no monkey. monkey yeah monkey I was about to say he never calls him Ortiz like I've seen them in person and he still calls him monkey <laughs> and so it's like uh, these dudes like. Like this one person 
that he thought he could trust. And he's saying, can you trust him? Like, can mm-hmm. you? Can you really trust him? So I, th- I, think that, I think that was, like, really cool. I think absolutely. I think doing it that way is really cool, and I'm looking forward to where it goes because Eddie is not the you know super like he 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 don't want to talk a lot. He wants to fight. So when they're doing the lights out and the mystical stuff, it's gonna be funny. Eddie completely no selling it and saying it's stupid and just like I think that's gonna be an added aspect aspect to all of this is that he won't sell any of that. He's not going to pretend like he's scared or anything like that. He's going to be like, this is dumb. Let's fight. Right. <laughs> no, I, and I'm so excited for it. Um, we had Moxley confirm that he would be ready for Mox. Uh, I mean, Hangman confirming he would be ready for Moxley on Dynamite. Um, we had Jamie and Britt beating up on the Renegade sisters, Charlotte and Robin Renegade. Um, we then also had... Uh, uh, Preston Vance beating up on Sonico or Sonico. Uh, and then Darby Allen had an open challenge against the Kingdom's Mike Bennett. I gotta be honest, bro. Like, when the Kingdom appears on my television screen, I could give two shits. I, like, I don't care about the Kingdom. I don't. I've watched them before in Ring of Honor. I don't. Matt Taven does nothing for me at all. I, and Mike, Mike and Maria cute couple i like maria i don't care about the kingdom any iterations of it it's just like it i was just like oh jesus christ why does it have to be them uh darby got the win of course um but that was a rampage the highlights for me for rampage was the house of black and eddie segment and then the opening match which with uh danielson and moxley against top flight they did a hell of a job in that match i would say i'm not a big I'm like, I like the kingdom. I like Matt Taven. I like him as more of the over the top heel. He's kind of playing an over understated version of himself right now. And that's not, you know, I, I want him to be Matt Taven. I want him to be like all the way Matt Taven. And I just feel like he's not all the way Matt Taven right now. So right. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to see if they're going to ever pull that trigger on, uh, you know, old hell Taven. Because, uh, yeah, I think he's very entertaining as a heel. You know, like if you ever wanted to build him up to fight Darby, I, I, you know, I'm all in on that because I'm like, he can lose, of course, but he's just that kind of despicable person. He is the antithesis of what Darby is. Uh, but yeah, I, I dig it. I think uh, Mike Bennett is uh Mike Bennett to DK Metcalf, you know, or someone like that. It's like it's DK <laughs> Metcalf if he couldn't play. He looks like he should be a star. Right? He's good looking. Got a physique. Got the very attractive woman next to him. But honestly, when he's out there, I could not give a crap about Mike Bennett. Well, and DK Metcalf's out here like fucking pushing people and being the most arrogant fuck on the field uh, in that in that no, Seahawks no. Uh, game. No, on- it's, it's like you look up from the 300s down and you see DK Metcalf. You're like, oh, God, he's the best player on the football field, right? And he's not. He's really good, but he's not the best player on the football field. But he looks like he should be the best player. And that's kind of how he is with Mike Bennett. He, his physique is together. Everything's there. He can actually wrestle. I just don't care about him. Like, at all. <laughs> I want to. I, I want but we to. But we just don't. But we just don't. Yeah, I just don't. 
I like I root for Mike Bennett. Like I follow him on Twitter. One of my favorite Twitter followers. He's so motivational. He's raw. He he'll let you in on who he is as a person and the struggles he goes through. That's all amazing. I just don't want to see you wrestle. Right. Which is unfortunately your profession. Uh huh. Yeah. So uh, I'm sorry. I feel, I'm like I feel bad because I don't dislike the man, and it sounds like I'm burying him. It's just I don't care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we then had uh, Battle of the Belts five. Uh, Got to be honest, it didn't have me fully sold with the fact that we were seeing acclaimed and Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal again. Uh, the no holds barred style of it, you know, I thought was at least a different way that they could go with it. Um, and they did they did as much as they could. I felt like there was a great moment where uh, Jay Lethal had a figure four on Anthony Bowens, and he rolled all the way down, and they just went uh, back and forth as they were going as they going down the ring. I thought that was awesome. I thought that was a lot of fun, dude. Uh, and the angle slam, and then he, oh. he does the fake thing like he's pulling down, and then he puts an ankle lock. That popped yeah, me. That was so good. hard. That was really really. Oh good. my god, that was so great. Yeah, but eventually though. Uh, Jeff Jarrett tries to get the guitar. Billy Gunn pulls it away, and he hits Satnam Singh with the guitar. He doesn't even flinch and just goes ahead and tries to double choke slam the acclaimed. He then also double choke slams the referee. Uh, Jay Lethal and them. The lethal injection is hit. Aubrey Edwards runs in, shoves Sanjay Dutt out of the way, and then Anthony Bowens uh, uh, hits Lethal with the arrival, and then Max Caster hits the mic drop. They retain the titles. Um, it was a lot of craziness in this match. Um, I'm quite done with this feud. Uh, but regardless, uh, this was a nice little match, I felt like. And even though I wasn't like super stoked about it, uh, the stuff that he did in the no-holds-barred no standing uh, was uh, entertaining and uh, unique, and I liked it. Absolutely. It was amazing. I really, yeah. Um, I thought, like, Jeff Jarrett... I when he like debuted and I found out he was gonna wrestle, I rolled my eyes harder than anybody could possibly roll their eyes. Right. He has not only flipped me, he's flipped the fans. They actually care that he's there. And I yeah. didn't think that was possible. And that's just somebody that's been doing this for thirty years. You know what I mean? He he knows how to entertain. It's just flat out he knows how to entertain. It's like mm-hmm. when you think you couldn't care less about Def Jarrett, give him 10 minutes. He will make you care about him. Right. No, for sure. For sure. We then moved on and we got Jade Cargill facing off against Sky Blue. This I did like. I thought this match was good. Um, Sky Blue looked I, – I, I'm starting – every time I see Sky Blue, I like her more and more. Um, and I thought they did a lot of good stuff in this match. Uh, there was a moment where Red Velvet uh, was walking towards the ring, and Layla Gray confronts her, and then they slap. She slaps Layla, and then uh, it kind of distracts uh, Jade for a little bit. Uh, Jade nearly gets hit with a Hurricanrana, but she ca- uh, counters and hits uh, Jade to win. Uh, Sky Blue, I thought, looked well, um, and this is one of the better Jade matches I felt like. Uh, and yeah, I thought I thought this was a good uh, women's match for uh, uh, ba- uh, Battle of the Belts. That ending sequence. Yeah. Dude, that was like, like I, I don't know who came up with that, but it was such an amazing transition and a move. It was like it showed everything that when Jade is great, 
Yes. She's, she's phenomenal. She's on a different level than everybody else. So it just felt like that was like the, one of those moments that you'll talk about is like, man, it's like, oh, she caught the Hurricanrana, put her up on her shoulder, got her down, put it, it's like, boom. And it's like, yeah, that, that was pretty cool. And it was like mm-hmm. hard. It was like rehearsed and, you know, they had practiced it or whatever. But it didn't seem like it. In the moment, it seemed like a natural transition into that move. Just a naturally, overly, freakishly athletic transition into the move. Right. So, yeah. Shout out to, I mean, Jade's on another level. I mean, come on. It's like, she's Jade. It's like, I don't I don't know. Like, I, I run out of adjectives when yes. talking about her. Because she is just phenomenal at you know like just the whole character she's a superhero come to life she the is everything it's like when people's like oh i'm tired of jade i'm like build no. somebody up to beat her yeah exactly you build somebody up to beat her that's what wrestling is no one right now is over enough to beat jade no like even willow who i you know willow sheeta are like my top two to beat jade Right? Those are the two people I want to beat Jade. Yeah. But at this point in time, neither one of them are hot enough to beat Jade. Unfortunately, no. You have to start them on a streak. You have to start building someone. We as wrestling fans should kind of be seeing who's going to beat Jade. And right now, we don't. Mm-hmm. And that's when a streak is starts to get stale. And people start get, start to hate it. And what it starts turning people on your person is when you just like, like when Goldberg was going through a streak, he was unstoppable, but he'd have problems with DDP. He'd have problems with Sting. You know what I mean? He'd have right. no. problems with a certain amount of people that you was like, well, this person can beat them, right? But Jay right. just kind of beats everybody. And, you know, like I said, I don't want the fans to turn over because I love Jade. So they need to start doing something. Start painting that picture that everybody can see of who's going to beat Jade. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think we'll get to that point at some point. We finished off Battle of the Belts with the All-Atlantic Championship between Orange Cassidy and Kip Sabian. Um, such a good match. There was a point when Dan Housing comes out, and he launches a curse at Kip Sabian, and that's when uh, Orange comes in and hits a tope suicida and then a diving crossbody, which Jericho was screaming, the curse worked. Um, we then also had... Uh, it was interesting. We had Butcher, Blade, and the Bunny actually in there. Uh, Bunny got ejected after grabbing uh, Orange's foot. And then while that happened, uh, Butcher and Blade walked out. But Dan Housen tried to fight him off. Poor bastard. Didn't stand a chance. They then uh, took some chairs and sat at ringside during the match. Um, and they were just – Kip and Orange were doing great work against each other. I'm glad Kip got this huge spot, I think. Uh, him being on Battle of the Belts I thought was really nice. Um Eventually, uh, Kip is able to uh, hit a corn screw, corkscrew brain buster, um, and then he hits uh, with the, he hits the orange punch on uh, Orange Cassidy, which I thought was funny, uh, and it nearly worked for him uh, until uh, DDT Beach Break almost pinned him there, and then uh, double orange punches that would pin Kip Sabian. Orange Cassidy retains the All Atlantic Championship. A really good way to close out Battle of the Belts. One of the more solid ones, I thought. I can't. I, I, it's hard for me to compare the Battle of the Belts to each other, but 
it was a really solid one, I felt like. And I liked Kip getting that kind of spot. I thought it was a good fit for him. Like I love I like Kip. I don't love Kip. I like Kip. Kip personally, as far as meeting him around the things, awesome dude. But as far as that, it, he wasn't ready for this. It was a great spot, and yeah, and maybe later down the line when they build him up a little bit more, I was just like, because in my mind I was like, man, this is the kind of the second time he's kind of went after him. I was like, maybe he wins this time, and I was like, ah, I, I wouldn't, you know, like. You had the belt on Pac, one of the better wrestlers in the world. Right. Cassidy, one of your hottest acts. The moment you put it on Kip, and forgive me, Alex, if you hear this, it then becomes a lower mid-card title. Mm. Right now, it's not a lower mid-card title because it's literally on one of your hottest acts, and it was one of your better wrestlers before. But as soon as you put it on Kip, the level of person that can hold this belt drops. Because mm-hmm. you haven't, Kip's not over. You yeah, know? unfortunately, no. No, Kip is popular to some people, but he's not over to the point right. where people are like, I need Kip to win a title. I mean, he has his little fan base, but it is, it's not loud enough. And they haven't built him up as enough of a heel to win this title match. And, you know, you know, it would be the kind of, it would be one of those times where the, you're taking the belt and trying to make the person. Instead of, you know, right, 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 you're ready for the title. So I'm like, I think Kip, Kip is getting there. He needs to stay healthy, build up some wins on dark and uh, dark and elevation, do some really, really heel shit. Next time they might have him built up enough to win the belt. Gotcha. Well, that's going to do it for Battle of the Belts and Rampage. We're going to real quickly do a preview of the Kia form Dynamite in L.A., which looks It's good. basically uh, a pay-per-view. It's, it's basically a pay-per-view, yeah. Yes, it's like it's a 2-hour with commercial pay-per-view. Yes. Brian Danielson versus Kenosuke Tatashita. Pay-per-view match. Yes. <laughs> the firm facing with uh, Big Bill and uh and uh, Lee Moriarty uh facing off against uh oh sorry, not Lee Moriarty, Lee Johnson. Oh, uh, no, it's uh, Lee Moriarty. You're oh, right. it is? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. My bad. Big Bill and Lee Moriarty facing Jungle Hook. For uh, first time ever. Uh, first time ever, so yeah. Pay-per-view match. <laughs> We're going to hear from the JAS, uh, John Moxley versus Hangman. Legitimate uh, pay-per-view main event right there. Yeah, literally. Like, that could be a full gear revolution main event right there. Yep, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter, the killer and the pillar versus Soraya and Tony Storm. And, and with, with that looming cloud of, is Mercedes going to show up or not? Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, AEW, shout out to you, you did the thing. You did the thing I told you to do. If mm-hmm. it's not going to be Mercedes, you needed to announce who it was going to be last week. Exactly, and they did. If Mercedes doesn't show up tomorrow, I don't want to hear shit. <laughs> no one. No, told yeah, you, no one can complain you, about you, it because yeah, it's like if it no would bad. You, if, no one told you Mercedes was coming. Yes. The only reference, kinda, is when Britt said, "I'm the boss" in her interview last week. Exactly. That was it. That was it. No one says Mercedes is coming. So, I mean, I personally think she's going to be on the show. I do. I think she's going to be on the show. But no one promised you shit. So if your fantasy booking gets you pissed off, you need to take that up with yourself, not TK. (laughs) Right, for sure. Yeah. And then game seven. I mean, as much as I am the odd man out of saying, you know, I'm kind of tired of watching them wrestle, 
I'm pretty mm-hmm. much as excited about Game Seven as I am I was about the dog collar match. And there it is. Yep, Elite versus Death Triangle Game Seven. They're, winner go home. They're gonna leave it out there, and oh, gonna, they will. They're gonna try to kill each other, and it's and it, it's a ladder, and you're gonna have tables, and you're gonna have chairs, and you're probably gonna have thumbtacks, and you're probably gonna have Brandon Color involved, and you're probably gonna have Alex Alvarez involved, and everybody's yep. probably gonna bleed. And yeah. this is the Bucks doing this on their home court. You know what I mean? I know it's like Rancho Cucamonga and LA are probably far from each other, but in general, it's like, this is their home area. Oh yeah. They're going to leave it out there. The Lucha bros, they have a store in that Los Angeles. They do. They do. So this is like their home area, right? So them dudes are going to try to kill each other. And I just hope they don't die. That's really my only concern that they might do it too well. (laughs) That is very true, dude. That is very true. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I, I mean, Kenny, Kenny and Will Ospreay, I don't think it's going to be touched this year. Do I think someone maybe could? Yes, Kenny and Will Ospreay, if they wrestle again. That's who I think can touch Kenny and Will Ospreay. Mm-hmm. But trios or tag team match of the year? Yeah. The Lucha Bros might like this up tomorrow. They, I mean, or to later today, if you're listening to this. They might like it up. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they're, they're, they're gonna do some shit. They're gonna make yeah. you remember it, and they're gonna make it feel different than the other six matches. No question, I could not be more excited for that. And also, too, it, it'll be exciting because then the elite can do other shit. I would say I'm excited for that as well, dude. Dude, uh, you know, I have this dream scenario that is unlikely. Uh, mm-hmm. The three men after this match is over and the elite are celebrating, three men. One that loves Pepsi a lot, uh, coming down to the ring and uh, beating the shit out of the elite. That would be my ultimate dream. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it'll happen. If it does, I, I swear to you, Tony Khan replaces The Rock as my favorite human. Okay? <laughs> if it happens, Tony Khan replaces The Rock as my favorite human. Period. All, all I will say is that I've I've completed my uh, AEW Punk collection of figures. I, I just recently got the main unrivaled one, the one with the Larry jacket. So there there was only four, correct? I got them all. Yes, I I got there. the. Uh, it's so funny you bring that up. I got the ice cream bar today. Oh, you just got that one. Nice. Yes. Yeah, I got the ice cream bar it's today. So good. It's yeah. such a good one. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I'm just like. Like I said. Oh, by the way, have you? Did you know that was the top seller on uh, Ringside Collectibles? Because Punk made sure you knew yes. on his Instagram story. Yes. He made sure you knew how and, much. He's like, "Yo, fuckers, I still draw money. Make me happy." So uh, there's this guy named Dax Harwood. You might you may have heard of him <laughs> with a show called FTR with Dax. And apparently, rumors in innuendo. I don't know how true any of this is. Right, I like right, to right, keep right, it to right. rumors in innuendo. Is that he called a bit of a tiff? He caused a bit of a tiff, yeah. talking about that he hopes the young bucks and young bucks Kenny Omega and Punk could work this out, and you know, and it's like, yeah, I could see how that could be a problem, especially no, again, if, yeah. especially if you're on the side of there's no way in fucking hell this is gonna work out, and I just want people to forget that it may happen. Oh yeah, yep. you don't want one of your stars. Like literally teasing, in essence, yeah. that it's gonna happen. You know, mm-hmm. as much as 
it wasn't official, much as it wasn't promised, as much as he was literally just begging people to get along, everyone's going to take that as, oh, Punk's coming back. Because I saw it. Uh, every, dude, everyone mm. was going nuts. Then I saw. Like, oh, Punk's coming back because Dax brought him up on his own personal podcast. Okay. Uh, and I get it. I, I get it why it could cause some strife. Uh, but, uh, yeah. I mean, because I want it to be repairable. Right? Same. I want I want them to be able to put their sides together and make money. But I have people in my life that have wronged me that maybe I've forgiven doesn't mean I want to work with anymore. And it might be there with these people. I believe it's probably the case, yeah. I, I hope it's not. <laughs> like, with all of my heart. But it's probably there in this case. Mm-hmm. You know? So... I'm just saying, I'm like, I hope it works out. And then, like I said, I, I, I make sure you are listening to FTR with Dax. It's a very entertaining show. And sometimes he says shit he's not supposed to, which is the best. It is the best. Yep. <laughs> like, you know. So, uh, yeah, sometimes he just says shit. And it's great. And that's what's amazing about it. And, you know, it's like, that's, that's why I like the show. It's like, I like the shows where you feel like you're talking to the person, not the character. Yeah, no, he's 100% like himself, and it makes for a really entertaining show, yes, for sure. Yes, because himself is a person that sometimes doesn't know when to shut up. That is absolutely true. <laughs> and I, for, love, I love him for, for it. Certain. I love him yep. for it, and it's, yeah. it's amazing. I love him for it, because I am a person that sometimes yep. doesn't know when to shut up. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. <laughs> So, no, you know, I've said the wrong thing. I've seen the wrong thing. I've said the wrong thing in life way more than I've said the right thing. So no, yeah, I, I, can, I completely understand him. So uh, no, I'm, I like I said, but TK somehow pulls this rabbit out of his hat. Uh, you know, miracle. I'll you know? cry again, dude. I'll cry uh, for a second time in less in less than two years. I will. I will cry, and I. I mean, like literally, loyalty. AEW. All my shit's gonna be AEW from now on. I'm like, I have a lot of it now, but I'm just like going to completely forsake everything else. <laughs> like, My no. mom's going to be so mad because I'll be buying more shit because I was like, look, I was just getting all of his shit once it goes off of shop just to be like, look, I got everything out of his run that I could. And then once he comes, if he comes back, then I'm going to be like, well, it's just more shit for me. And yes. then she's going to be like, great. Dude, the All Elite Crate is awesome because it has an FTR shirt in it. Dude, that shirt's awesome. Cindy, I saw it. Cindy's got it and she, it looks great. Dude, it dude looks, I am. So I just stole uh, Sydney had the uh, the dog collar CM Punk shirt. Uh, mm. I stole it from her because she hasn't worn it. She hasn't worn it at all, and it's a, it's like one size a little smaller than me. But I can still fit. I still fit into smalls. Like I wear a medium, but I still fit. Into smalls. Yeah, I cannot fit into smalls. Not, not <laughs> at all. Not, not even a little bit. Uh, I try. I've, I haven't wore small. You will. You will be able to once you fit. We keep running. I will haven't worn small since I was nine. Just got to keep running. I was, keep I, running. I was like, uh, I was always a big boy. You know, I was husky and then I was chunky. And then, yeah, I went through the gambit. And now I'm just fat and I'm cool with that for right now. For right now. I, I yeah. plan on changing that. So The running is going to help a yeah, lot for yeah, sure. Dude, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, but that is everything that we have for the preview of Dynamite. Now, there's one last thing we have to get to as we've been recording it. Wrestling Twitter has been exploding. And, Floyd, do you want to explain why it's been exploding as of late? So, um, Cashole. What's this? Cassidy Haynes? Is that his name? I believe so. 
Uh, so I kept hearing news and news and news that, you know, this stuff might be coming out. Something big was coming. Even to the point where I was on the phone with someone and someone uh, shared a, a fake account and I accidentally like shared it with two of my friends because I, I like I like I was distracted. So I wasn't really paying attention. Then the real one came out. Uh, Cassidy Haynes. This is the only one that first. This was the first one to flat out say it. Yeah. Uh, for what it's worth, I'm told the Saudi deal is done and they're taking the company private. That is in WWE is being bought by a, a Saudi investment funds, and then they're going to basically do a stock buyback and take the company public. And private, you mean? You're all private, and um, yeah, people have lost their shit. Like you, people were reacting as if WWE had letter press released out saying this is gonna happen. Now, did the reports come from few places? Yes, but the big names have all said they can't confirm it, right? But yeah, so right now. If you believe the speculation, WWE with Vince as the executive chairman uh, are going to sell their company and and then to to the Saudis who will, you know, then I don't know if the stock buyback is worth in the worked in the sale. I don't know. I, unlike everybody on Twitter, am not a business expert. So I don't mm-hmm. know how this works. Yeah. I, I, I realize there's a lot of people with MBAs. On uh, Twitter tonight, I learned that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, so so I saw that that these people with MBAs. I don't know how the stock buyback and the purchase works. I'm imagining that it's all in one, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, and it looks like it's going to be owned by this Saudi company, aka the Saudi government. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and people are like, "Well, there goes women's wrestling. Sami Zayn's going to quit," and it's just like, it's fun. I I am not gonna say it's not fun. Yeah, well, you love see, again. This man loves the drama. This man loves the chaos, and yes. the chaos for sure is. Yeah, like bro, it's like I literally made a joke. I'm like, he's he's Vince McMahon is zero percenting speed running how quickly he can kill this company. Yes, uh, and it's fun to watch. Uh, that being said, um, I also made the joke that when is El Generico gonna be all, all elite? Um, I and I will say too, this will be the last thing I say on it. Um, I want all wrestling to be good. Um, this does a bit kind of scare me a bit for the future of wrestling, at least in a massive sense. Um, but again, I don't know even even I don't know like what this even entails for the most part. So unless I'm waiting for an official re- response, which they're gonna have to put out something official because shit is gone crazy right now. Like to the point, like a statement has to come out to either be like this isn't happening or let us explain like one of those two things has to happen because people are speculating constantly and it's getting bad. Well, I see it as two ways. Let's just say it's a hundred percent true. I will tell you for the layman that doesn't watch wrestling, probably very little will change because as I was telling Austin before we got on there, very rarely do companies pay billions of dollars to run companies in the ground. Their goal is to make money, you know, their goal is to keep making money. So the WWE machine at this point makes money. So they're probably going to be like, keep doing what you're doing. Right. 
Uh, or it's the other thing. And it's just, I'm a conspiracy theorist. Like I said, I love to live in the muck. WWE leaked this to drive up the price, which probably is the simplest solution. They leaked it to drive up the price for one of these other companies to buy it. So, like I said, that seems like the simplest solution to me is because, you know, maybe it didn't seem like maybe it wasn't as hot as everybody thought it was. And it's like, oh, yeah, we got to drive up interest. Yeah, the Saudi government wants to buy us and go private. Hell yeah, $7 billion. Because they're trying to get somebody to say 7.5. Because that's the point of business is to make as much money as possible. Uh, Stephanie McMahon did step down as co-CEO, so mm-hmm. Nick Khan is the sole CEO of WWE. And then Vince is uh, back on the uh, board yeah, of directors. Yeah, he's the executive, the executive chairman. chairman. Yeah, but uh, yeah, shout out to Stephanie. Uh, she's always been, I'm like, I mean, I don't know her personally, but she's always been one of my favorite characters, most well-represented McMahon's. She's always seemed cool. You know, when wrestlers talk about her, they talk about how nice she is and how down to earth. And apparently the overall morale in the WWE was better because, you know, she was running it. Her and Triple H were running it. So I hope that continues. I doubt it, but I hope that continues because I love a lot of the wrestlers that work for the WWE. That goes without saying i mean i i hope that's obvious if you know how much i love wrestling <laughs> like i love the people in the wwe ko's and the uh the bloodline and sammy and i, I mean like by naming some i'm gonna leave some off but i love the people in the wwe they've been entertaining me for years so i want them to have the best life possible so whatever that means going forward i hope they get it you know what i mean i hope they get it and it, it resolves off best for them because that's who my thought process is with is always going to be the wrestlers because to me, as far as a fan, I doubt my, I doubt how I view the product changes all that much. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, and again, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens, uh, uh, as more comes out, but regardless, uh, that is going to do it for us. I think on this episode of all things elite, thank you guys so much for tuning in every single week. We really appreciate you. Be sure to continue to download this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us, please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. And the easiest way for you guys to support us is following us on social media. We are at AT Elite Pod, at Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. So please check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Um, I will now let you go to Floyd. Uh, his Kansas City Chiefs will be in the NFL playoffs, and uh, I will be eagerly seeing what they do. My Detroit Lions are not in the playoffs, but they killed Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and they finished with a winning record after starting 1-6. I am so happy and excited for my team. Dan Campbell should be Coach of the Year, and I will pass it off to Floyd to close us out on this episode of All Things Elite. Shout out to my Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I am I wish you the best going forward. Uh, Congratulations. Big old congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs for winning the national title and monumentally impressive fashion. Something you might not know if you listen to the show. You can buy a Georgia Bulldogs WWE title. Like, 
literally go to Fanatics and it's four ninety nine ninety nine for a Georgia Bulldogs uh, WWE title. They apparently have every team in the SEC, which is so weird and just makes me hate the SEC more. Yeah, uh, where the hell is the Big Ten belts? That's what I said. I was like, where's the hell's the ACC belts? But uh, no, I just hey man, we're New Year. Some people are like, New Year, New Me. If that's you and you think you need to be a new you, go ahead and be a new you. If you're already awesome, just stay awesome. You know, that's it. Just stay awesome. Me, I am trying to increase my awesomeness by a few levels by losing some of me. So my hugs won't be as cuddly, hopefully, going on in the future. But, uh, yeah, I wish you all the best on your New Year's resolutions if you choose to do that. If you just have thoughts of ways to get better, I wish you the best on that. And like I said, if you're already awesome, just stay that way. I just wanna, I want you to know I'm rooting for you. Love you all. Have a happy New Year. And I will leave you how we always leave you, whether it is home, work, or school. Always do your best to be elite. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.